Hello, welcome to Book Talk. I'm your host, Anthony Morore. At Book Talk, we get to have an author come and tell us about his book or her book. And it's always an interesting journey once we come into Book Talk and uh, we hear interesting topics like today's topic, which is healing begins with us. But today we don't have an author, we have authors. We have two sisters who have come together to compile this book. And uh, I know this is going to be interesting. So let's welcome to the show, Ronnie Tishna and Jenny Weaver. Hi. Hi there. Hey, thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to have you both here on our episode today as we talk about this book. Great work, thank you. Yeah. And before we go into the book, we would like to know who is Ronnie and who is Jenny. Uh, let's go with Ronnie first. Sure. Uh, well, first of all, I'm the older of the two sisters here. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I got it um, right. And I, um, by training, I'm a sociologist and I uh, have specialized in family studies. So um, Jenny has her own path and we have kind of combined our professional and personal experiences to bring this book forward. Mm, beautiful. Jenny? Yes, I'm the younger sister and, uh, and I um, have been a nurse practitioner and working in family medicine for the last 26 years. And so, yeah, Ronnie and I have, have been um, talking about putting this book together for quite a while now. And so it was a wonderful journey to work on this together. So I'm so happy to be here. Mm, good. It's a, an interesting thing and beautiful thing to see two sisters working over a project together. And it's always good when we are encouraging one another, supporting one another. But we'd like to know, where did it all begin? Where were you born and how uh, they, yeah, just let's start there because I know we have got much to cover as you are growing up. Where were you born? Well, we were born in uh, the upper Midwest. Um, we, we don't give a lot of details in terms of geography in our telling of our story because we're trying to protect the privacy of people whose story we are not trying to tell, right? This is just about us. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, we were born into a family, unfortunately, with a lot of problems, addiction, abuse, mental illness. And what we're trying to do in telling our story is talking about what it's like to grow up in a family like that. And in particular, one of the things that we focus on is what it does to the sibling relationships. There are a lot of people talking about recovery and how to recover from, the, we're now calling them adverse childhood experiences or childhood trauma, um, how to recover from that. And what has been missing from this conversation from our perspective is what happens to sibling relationships. The focus is often on individuals and their healing process, but the siblings' relationships are often quite damaged by the dynamics generated in these homes. And because we have been so important to each other in our healing journeys and our recovery, we wanted to share that with other people. That's what compelled us to come forward and tell our story at this point in time. Mm, yeah, good. And, uh, is that where you still are, the place that you were born, or each and each of you moved in a different direction? Yes, we've moved in different different areas, and so we we um, we do make it a priority to get together with each other. 
um, as many times a year as we can. And I would say at least at least every every probably three months, we're we're making sure that we're getting together to connect. It's very important to both of us. Yeah, right. always good to connect. And uh, I am wondering, are you the only ones in the family, or do you have other siblings? We, we do have we a do brother. Have other, yes. mm-hmm. Who is in the middle, I guess? Yes. yes. <laughs> okay, for this episode, I'm your brother. I'm in the middle. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, now let's go back in time. And uh, I would ask you to share some of the stories that you are comfortable sharing. Maybe just the stories that are in the book, because uh, we say that there are some identities that we want to protect. And as much as you're comfortable sharing the stories, we'd like to hear a bit, a bit of them, starting with Ronnie. Uh, tell us a few things. Oh, well, um, probably one of the things to know before we share stories is, is how important uh, the roles we played in our family were. So in, in families with addiction and abuse, children are often cast into roles that they are are forced to play, right? The only way to get approval in the family is to really live up to these role expectations. So I was the hero in the family as the firstborn. And my job was to make the family look good, to be a super achiever. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, if anybody ever suspected there was something wrong in our family, you know, they could point to me and say, well, look at this kid, look at this kid who does all these great things. There can't possibly be anything wrong with, with us. Mm-hmm. And then Jenny was cast in the role of the scapegoat which means all the psychic garbage of the family was dumped on her and she was identified as the problem. If she would just get her act together, everything would be fine in the family. So the, so we lived with um, a lot of rage. Our parents were very volatile and um, there was physical abuse in addition to the emotional abuse. Um, Tremendous pressure on us to keep a secret about what was going on in the family so we were never allowed to talk about it. We were isolated from people outside the family. We were isolated from each other, which is part of the root of the, the damage that's done to siblings. Um, one thing I'll share about my role is that not only was I the hero, but the other kids in the family are also enlisted to try to keep everybody in their place, keep everybody in their role. So my brother and I used to gang up on Jenny a lot. Uh, we, we would ridicule her just like our parents did. Uh, we dominated her, made her do things she didn't want to do. Um, there was some physical abuse between us, mostly me towards Jenny. Right. So, I mean, these are all sort of painful things to relive, remember, disclose, right. To tell people about, I don't, I don't enjoy, uh, revealing that Mm -hmm. that's the kind of person I was as a child. Right. But we think it's really important to, bring all this forward mm. for people who grew up like we did and maybe don't recognize it fully or are starting to recognize it. We hope that in telling stories like this and kind of, in my case, admitting to some of the, the, the damaging things that I did as a kid in, in playing out my role in the family drama that other people will, will recognize uh, that, that perhaps some of these things happened to them and that they can then move towards their own healing process. So mm. that's the point in telling these stories. I know, I know Jenny has other, other things she could tell from her perspective. Over to you, Jenny. Okay. Yes. And I mean, growing up in, in our home, 
you know, it, when you grow up with those issues of abuse and addiction and mental illness, um, there, as Ronnie talked about, the roles that you're that you're you're kind of pigeonholed into playing. Um, you know, there's there's no discussion about these things. It's just you're expected to to live it out, and and there. And it's like it's like the balance of a mobile. If anybody, you know, gets out of line, is not fulfilling that role, um, then all of the members kind of work together to to get that person back into doing doing their job, you know. And and it's and it's all about keeping. It, it really all is about keeping the secrets um, and not talking about it. And that's that's the the main reason why Ronnie and I decided to write this book together is that we've, we've all both been working our recovery for 30 years now. And, and we, and we realize, you know, we're still, even as adults in middle age, we are still hiding all of who we are. We're not talking about this. You know, I, I certainly have dealt with this in, with my patients in as a nurse practitioner and have counseled them and guided them um, in their, in their own recovery, but yet it's not something that we disclose. It's not something that we talk about, even amongst our colleagues, even amongst our, our, maybe some of our friends, we hide a lot of this because there is this huge element of shame that's wrapped around it. Mm -hmm. And, and, and our society, I, I think across all socioeconomic, you know, um, uh, ranges, wants this to be hidden. Nobody's comfortable talking about it. Um, and that's, and that's the big reason for writing this book is to talk about the, the damage that is done to the sibling relationship and, and how Ronnie and I worked very hard to rebuild our relationship from, mm -hmm. from what we were conditioned to live out as children. And, and then also the other element of trying to release some of that shame and saying, look, there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people like us out there that are, that are trying to find their way, not just out of surviving, but to thriving and to living a healthy and joyful life. And that's really um, why we wrote this book was to, to talk about our own journey in the hopes of helping other people to heal. Mm, thank you. And I agree with you that is, there's so much shame involved in sharing such a story, going through some experiences and then coming out to uh, talk about them with other people. Uh, it takes courage. And uh, first and foremost, I want to thank you for these uh, that you've done, uh, putting together a book, sharing your experiences, because you're going to help someone out there that could be going through it, but it doesn't have an answer. It doesn't have a clue of how to go about it. So thank you very much to both of you. Now, as Ronnie was sharing her story and uh, she tells us that she was the hero, it, it happens in many homesteads. I mean, homes uh, all over the world that uh, the firstborn is looked upon and uh, so much responsibility is even placed upon you. Now, looking back and uh, coming to this point where you realize, yes, things were not going right and I played my heroism or in, in, a, in a wrong way to take over, to take charge, to uh, be uh, a role model in the negative aspect. Mm -hmm. Are there points in time or maybe even when you are writing your book or 
now you look back and say, oh, I'm to blame for that. And so I am, uh, you will find yourself going through some periods of uh, guilt. Is it? Is it? Sure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So it, it was an unfolding over time. Mm -hmm. Our, our, process of moving from denial, right? In families like ours, you deny there's any problem whatsoever, which is the, the really strange, ridiculous part of it. It's like the family is so messed up, but we tell ourselves, oh no, we're a very warm, close, loving, happy family. And so denial is this, this uh, overwhelming dynamic for homes like ours. And as you move out of that process, it's a slow process to kind of break out of that denial. And so it's it's kind of this unraveling that goes on over a period of time. And it was Jenny and I just starting to talk to each other and tell stories about our childhood. It really happened. It began when we had children. And we're thinking about how can we be good mothers? And every person who becomes a parent goes through this. Well, what do I want to replicate from what I grew up with? And what do I want to do differently? And for us, the more we talked, the more we realized there were lots of things to do differently. And the more we realized how much we had been harmed by the things that had been done to us, that they weren't normal, they weren't okay. And so as we've gone through this long process, I had to, I had to shift my focus from my parents and looking at what they did to then looking at myself and my role in the family. Mm -hmm. And so I, I still... I still feel bad about how I treated my sister. And when we did the audio version of this book and I was reading the part where I talk about that, where I talk about how I, my feelings and reflecting on how I treated her, I, I got choked up. It was hard for me to get through it. Mm -hmm. And what's, what's so funny about that is that Jenny forgave me a long time ago. She, I firmly believe she holds no, ill will, bad feelings towards me about my role, because she'll say, well, you were a child, you were manipulated, you were, it, it wasn't something you consciously chose to be mean to me, because you're not a mean person. Mm -hmm. It's that you were, you were doing what the family system required, which was continuing to treat me as a scapegoat as the problem. So it's, it, I mean, from that perspective, I have a license to feel good. She's, she's given me that forgiveness, but it is hard because it's not, I'm, I'm not by nature a mean, cruel person, but mm -hmm. I did some mean things to her. And so it's, it's still, it's still a struggle for me to reconcile that. It mm -hmm. is. Yeah, we feel that. And let me take a break at this point to thank each and every person who's watching us. Hey, why is Nyaga? We thank you for tuning uh, all the way from Westlands, Nairobi. And uh, every other person who's watching uh, and those who get to watch after we are through or those who get to listen on the podcast platforms that we are going to share this episode, we thank you very much. And uh, please, as you hear this episode, share it with other people and uh, go and get the book that we are discussing together with uh, Ronnie and Jenny, sisters who wrote a beautiful book spread a message there of healing reconciliation after family abuse and uh, yeah let's let's proceed and uh, look at where did it now come to the point that yes Ronnie and uh, or Jenny whoever brought up the idea first let's write this book at what point hmm. that was probably I will 
jump in and say that was that was probably about five to six years ago we started mm -hmm. talking about it i have i had been thinking about writing a book of my own of my own healing process um and and i i'm not sure which one of us said it maybe it was me but said you know we really need to write about our relationship and our healing process together because you know most in most families the hero and the scapegoat are are through their whole lives at, at you know at odds they they are not friends uh, and actually, when we when we attempted the intervention with our father before we had the complete break with our parents and our brother, um, the counselors, when I brought the family letters that our that Ronnie had written and then our parents had responded and um, when they read the family letters and we discussed how we wanted to try and attempt to get our father into treatment, uh, they said, this is unprecedented. We've never seen we're a hero and a scapegoat child, children, adult children, actually are friends and actually come together to attempt an intervention. And these are people that had 30 plus years of experience in addiction treatment at a, mm -hmm. at a very well-known treatment center. Um, mm -hmm. And so, so I realized at that moment that I always felt like our relationship was special, but I realized in that moment that these counselors were so astounded that we were so close and Ronnie was so supportive of me um, that she wrote letters to the family saying this abuse has to stop because the abuse was continuing. The psychological mm -hmm. verbal, verbal abuse was still continuing mm -hmm. even after I was married and had my first child and then my second child. And, and it, it was, it, and it was still done. A lot of it was done, not in the presence of Ronnie, some of it, but, um, but it was like, if I ever my parents, then there would be a huge emotional fallout, even though I was a, a married grown woman. And so it was, it was through those years of, of talking together as sisters and realizing that this, that we really had developed a very special and close bond. And, and that, you know, we knew that this is possible for other people to, to find healing in their relationship. But there isn't much out there talking about the damage done to sibling relationships. And that's that was what motivated us to write this book together, is that if we can heal our relationship this way and help each other just accelerate our healing process, then how much more good can this do if we can reach other siblings and, and, and hopefully instigate more talk in, in the, in the, in the realms of recovery and healing about the sibling relationships and how important they are. They are, they're crucial. Um, we, we, we're given these, these beautiful people to grow up with, right. And mm -hmm. they could be our lifelong best friends, but in many, in many families, they are not there. They are, they are conditioned to be at odds and to be enemies and that's that's the tragedy of growing up with abuse and addiction, and that's what we're hoping to help heal. Mm. And thank you very much for that. And in the book, you talk about the family myth. Tell us about it, please. Go ahead, the family Maddie. myth. Yeah. So it's um, you know, it, we mentioned denial, right? Denial is the central dynamic of homes with abuse and addiction. Mm. And there's nothing wrong here, right? There's absolutely nothing wrong. It's things are terrible, but we're not going to talk about them. In fact, we're going to tell you that the opposite of that is true. 
things are not terrible. They're wonderful. We're very close. We're very loving. I mean, when we got older and started to criticize our parents for the beatings, for example, that they, they used to um, inflict on us, they would say, well, we, you were well-disciplined, and so you grew up to be good human beings. Uh, you know, it, it was always turning it on its head and making it the opposite of what really happened. You know, we, they would deny that they had hurt us. And again, when we tried to complain about things that happened in our childhood, we didn't hurt you or we didn't do that or it wasn't so bad. Or if you had done what you were told to do when you were told to do it, we wouldn't have had to, they called it a spanking, right? From our perspective, it was a beating. Mm -hmm. uh, so, they, so they create, the parents create this alternate reality. And part of that alternate reality for us was that we were this warm, close, loving family. Uh, we talk about in the book how we even had, as we grew into young adulthood, into our 20s, we had this dream that we were going to have this piece of land somewhere and we were all going to have houses on it. We were all going to live together and we were going to help raise each other's children. And it was, you know, like this, this uh, we, I would now call it enmeshment, right? We were going to stay enmeshed in each other's lives forever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as we started to break out of the denial, we looked at that and thought, oh my God, that was, that was just a, it's a way for our parents to continue to control us if they could keep us living near them. Uh, it, and it, as Jenny mentioned earlier, it is all about control. It's about keeping a lid on what's happening, making sure nobody finds out, um, keeping the children all loyal to the parents. That's part of what happens in the sibling relationship. The parents want to keep the kids loyal to them in order to make that loyalty as strong and as, as uh, one way as possible. They, they try to separate the children from each other. So there's just all of these unhealthy dynamics um, that are going on. And the family myth is just part of it, right? It, it helps to reinforce that denial about what's really going on in mm. the family. Okay, thank you. That's very well explained. And I'm curious, and I think that at least now the one watching this is also curious. In the book, are there some incidences that you explicitly, explicitly explain or give a story that this was happening, this happened on this day, things of that nature? We, we share a little bit of some stories to illustrate the, the, the dynamics of what occurred. We, okay. we actually, we actually and, and counselors will tell you, certainly we, we do you know, talk about mental health counseling um, as that is a very important avenue to utilize to help explore past trauma, um, mm -hmm. because you have a you have a trained licensed counselor and ideally one who is trained and knowledgeable, very knowledgeable about abuse and addiction. But that's the person that you start to kind of unpack and unwrap some of these memories with. Mm -hmm. And in the book, we're careful not to. It's not like it's not like a series of, of, of ugly, horrific stories, because um, one, it's traumatizing to us to retell them. And mm -hmm. so they've already been addressed in counseling. And so, I, you know, there there are many things that I will never talk about again because I have put them to rest and they are truly in the past. Um, but we did pick a few stories, you know, in different chapters as we we're talking about what it feels like to grow mm -hmm. up in that mm -hmm. in with those dynamics and with those issues and and how that plays out in how we were treated by our parents and what what that episode caused us to feel um mm -hmm. and so we're we're trying to focus as much on what it feels like because 
though your stories will be different from family to family and, and, and relationship to relationship, the feeling and the dynamics of what occurs inside that home are very much alike. And, mm. and that was, that was the purpose of, you know, sharing some of the stories that we did share and, and they're painful for us to retell as we were doing the audiobook, we broke down crying multiple times um, mm. because it is painful to relive those, those moments, but it's mm. important. We felt it was important to give some, some brief scenarios so that people could understand and and this book yes is for is for survivors who want to to be more than a survivor that want to thrive and want to live a life of joy but also for their partners or their friends or other other people that want to understand um what how these how these childhood adverse childhood experiences impact people it's a lifelong mm -hmm. it has a lifelong effect that you you learn to live with um and so that's that was why we we tried to be careful about what we shared in terms of the memories and we we also were were trying to be very mindful to protect the identity the the and the and the right to privacy even of our parents and and our brother we mm -hmm. we are estranged from them and have been for for over 25 years but we still love them and we hope we hope and pray for healing for them in to the fullest capacity possible. But for our healing, we had to step out of range and stay out of range. And that's part of what is important to share in this book is that you have a right to healing and you have a right to be safe, no matter how old you are. Whoa, whoa. Uh, and just picturing how, even after all that you've gone through, and now you've reconciled, I mean, you are together with Ronnie, working together, and uh, still you have that deep responsibility to protect the identity of your parents and uh, uh, the family. That, that's very good of you. And it's my thinking that this book could bring that is conciliation with the parents that you, I, I mean, you never know because they're gonna read it at some point. And uh, you may find yourself coming together back. And I asked you of the stories, and I won't ask you to share them here because we don't want you to break out here. <laughs> uh, now, um, but in your book, you also mentioned, and thank you for mentioning that you're sharing with the, you, you about you sharing with the specialist and which we would advise anybody going through such issues to share with a specialist, someone who's trained and who has the experience. But you also talk about sharing, you mentioned about it, I don't know, you're gonna tell us what it is about sharing with other people. Now, this time is not a specialist, but maybe your close friends. What, it is, what is it with sharing those stories with your friends or your, any close person? Yeah, go ahead, Jenny. <laughs> okay, I, I will say that um, there, there. Whenever you do disclose, um, even even just disclosing, I grew up in a home with addiction, abuse, and mental illness. Um, so I, I have shared just those that just that with close friends. There, there are very few people other than probably my husband and Ronnie that I have talked about these specifics um, because. I, I talked with them and disclosed with them in part 
so my husband would understand me better and understand what I was going through as I was going through counseling about it. And, and of course, sharing with Ronnie was to, am I crazy? Did, was it really this bad? Did it really happen? And then she would say, yeah, I remember that. And it was that bad. And I, and I, I was, I was the sounding board for her and validated her memories when she said, you know, I remember this. And I think that was a bad dream. And I said, no, I was there. And this is what happened next. And she was like, oh my God, that really did happen. So with friends, it's important for them to understand your closest friends um, that you went through these, these experiences and that it affects you in certain ways. So I have learned to articulate I, I am, I consider myself an extroverted introvert. <laughs> I, and there are times when I need to go full on introvert and I need to back off. I just need time alone time. And, and so I, I would share with them those kinds of, of, of pieces of information. Um, there's, there are people that, that as a survivor, you may, you may disclose, for example, I was in a work environment the the physician came in to visit other people that I worked with and say hi he happened to know my parents and asked me about them and I said I I really don't know you would have to ask them yourself he literally put his hand in my face like a big stop sign and said no no I don't want to hear it so obviously he had heard something from them about our estranged relationship but um so so what I'm saying is there there are going to be times where you know the survivor may try to explain themselves or, um, or, you know, or, or talk even just a little bit about what they've been through. And the person on the, on the receiving end is not, can't hear it, doesn't want to hear it. And, and it may shut you down and it may, may cause you to feel a tremendous amount of shame. And, and our book, I just keep going back to that in the book, you know, the shame of what happened to you, it was never your shame to carry. And that's the message that, I want all survivors to hear. It is not your shame. You're an innocent child. Yeah, that, that's good. And because the aim and the purpose of uh, any relation at this point that you are going to share your story with is uh, to bring healing. It's not to just uh, go back and tell of what every, everything that happened, but it's to focus on that thing that is going to bring healing to you and your sibling. Mm -hmm. well, uh, so thank you very much. Uh, here we've been having Ronnie and Jenny who authored the book together known as Healing Begins With Us. And uh, you, if you want to read that book, we share the link on our podcast and you can just go and order it from Amazon and uh, get to read much more. Uh, is there anything you'd like to add concerning this book, uh, Jenny? Uh, and or let's start with Ronnie as usual. Ronnie, something that you... <laughs> I'm the oldest. I always get to go first. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. I guess I would just, I would just highlight, um, uh, just want to echo that, that, one of our key messages is how important we have been to each other in the healing process because we were there, as Jenny said, to validate what happened, to say you weren't crazy, that really did happen. It, 
it has really made the difference in our healing process. If I had tried to do this on my own without my sister, mm-hmm. I would not be where I am today. I would not be experiencing the sense of peace, the sense of joy and fun and lightheartedness in my life that I have if I had not had her to help me along. And so we want to see more siblings do this for each other. Mm. Thank you, Ronnie. And thank you, Jenny, for being a beautiful and a good uh, sibling. <laughs> Let's go to Jenny to hear what she'd like uh, to add on this book. Yes, I just, uh, it, is our, it is our greatest hope that, that this book will be a, 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 an instrument of healing for others. And I would, I would love nothing more than to see sibling relationships heal um, by sharing this book and reading it together. Uh, that is our greatest hope. Hmm, thank you. So we are just about to come to the end of this episode. But before we end, on our podcast, on our book talk, we always ask the author to leave us with a few words. Now, this is to the viewer. You direct it to the viewer. Mm. A few words that he or she should always remember. And today we are blessed because we have two authors, so we are going to have plenty. A few words, Ronnie, that I should always remember. So one of the things that we've had to do in our healing process is reconnect with ourselves. Because Mm -hmm. when you've had an abusive background, you learn to sort of disconnect, right? To kind of go someplace else when things are bad. Yeah. And to isolate. And so one of the things that, that I've been able to do that's really brought me a lot of joy is looking for that inner voice and following it so that I can be as much as myself as I possibly can so that the real me can shine through. And I would encourage people out there listening to do that. Mm, look for that inner voice and follow it. Thank you, Ronnie. Jenny? Yes, I would say to to anyone out there who is a survivor of adverse childhood experiences that you are a beautiful light in this world and you deserve so much more love and healing and peace than you than you had growing up, but that you are worth it. You are worth the effort to grow in love and to grow in healing and peace. And I wish that for for everyone listening. Wow. Thank you. Jenny, we appreciate that for a beautiful message to us that we should always remember. You are a light out there. Go and shine. Okay. So that's about it. Hey, you viewer, remember and listener, remember to go and get this book. And uh, we thank you very much for being with us. This has been your host, Anthony Murore. And uh, Ronnie and Jenny, we all are saying bye for now. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. It's been an honor. Thank you very much. Our pleasure. Thank you for having us. Yeah.